Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I really believe that we're going to have a great time today. But before we get started, why don't you go ahead and take a look at the screen because I want to open up with a little something, something. The Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. It is with the mind that we serve the Lord. The mind is the battleground. It is the place where the greatest conflict is. There are more people in this room having trouble in their mind than there are people having trouble in their finances. The struggle is in your mind. This is why we have people who go to bed tired and wake up tired. Slept eight hours and you wake up still tired. The reason you wake up tired is that you got sleep but you didn't get rest. Your mind has been in turmoil all night long. You've been wrestling in your sleep. Have you ever woke up and your bed was wet? The bed is all torn just like you've been in a fight because your mind has not rested. Your body went to sleep, but your mind is still caught up in a warfare. Your mind is a battleground. Touch somebody and tell them the enemy is after your mind. Out to worry you to death, out to stress you to death, out to break you down, out to make you quit, out to make you think that you can't get up, out to make you give up on your dream. The warfare is in your mind. It's not in your checkbook. It's not in your savings account. It's not on your job. The fight that you got to fight is in your mind. And if you whip it in your head, you can whip it in your checkbook. You can whip it on your job. You can whip it out of your children. But you got to cry. As soon as you decide to stop looking for answers in other people and miracles somewhere down the yellow brick road and click the heels of your mind and set your affections on things that are above, you could have been free years ago. All jealousy, all pettiness, all unforgiveness, all strife, all malice, all confusion, all blaming other people for your mistake. You got till midnight to get rid of every poison that's hindering you, every inflexibility that's stopping you from what God is about to pour into your life. Won't be unto you if you go into another year and waste another year with the old mentality while somebody's in the hospital begging God for the opportunity that you have right now. You better step into this moment. Amen. How many want, how, how many love to win? We're going to talk about winning today. Amen. I love to win. I know Brother Ray likes to win. I know you like to win. Anybody like to win? Like you just love to win. Anybody ever play ghetto laser tag? Do you, you, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Ghetto laser tag is, you know, for you kids that, that you play tag, right, and you, you're chasing somebody, and, and they, they're it, right? Well, later on, when I was young, they had this game called laser tag. And laser tag had a gun, and it had this sensor on people's uh, chest and on people's back. And you would try to shoot this, this gun that shot light or like a laser, I guess, and it, and it made a, a connection with the sensor, and then all of a sudden it would light up and make a noise indicating that that person has been shot. Well, ghetto laser tag has a little bit more of a twist to it because 
you don't have no laser. And you don't have no sensor. So when we were growing up, we played ghetto laser tag, and that, that was with a flashlight. The hard thing about ghetto laser tag is unless you get them in the face, they're going to deny it all the way. It's hard. But even when we get caught, you know, it's like nobody likes to lose. Everybody likes to win. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm winning today. Nobody likes to lose. Nobody plans for a defeat. Nobody plans for failure. Nobody plans to go out tomorrow morning and say, you know what? I think tomorrow I'm going to lose my job. Nobody plans to lose the house of their dreams, the woman of their dreams, the man of their dreams. Nobody plans for an affair. Nobody plans for a failed opportunity. Nobody plans to to go out and destroy their marriage or, or destroy their family. Nobody plans for that, right? Because we're created to win. And yet somehow life happens. Heartbreaks happen. Bad decisions happen. Fear happens. Discouragement happens. Depression happens. Frustration. It happens. It's part of life. People let us down. We let down ourselves. And then we get into this place where where it, it becomes... The routine. You know about the routine. It's waking up in the morning to look at the same mirror and the same face in that mirror. It's it's preparing to get ready to go to the same job. So you get in the same car on that same freeway, fighting the same traffic, having the same thoughts go through your mind feeling already perplexed about the day, feeling maybe frustrated about the day, a little bit angry. You get to the job and you start to perform the task that you had just did just 14, 15 hours before, feeling the same way. You check out at the same time, get back in that same car to head down that same freeway and fight that same traffic with this tension and this frustration building in you, wondering what is it about life that I'm just not hitting on the head. I feel like I'm missing out on something and frustration continues to build and and something happens in your mind and and you start to feel this headache and this this tension in your shoulder and you're, you're wondering, you know what, there's something going on in life that I'm missing out on. I can't quite figure it out, but something is missing. Something is absent from my heart. I'm not as happy as I used to be. I'm short with my kids. I'm, I'm short in my marriage. I don't dream like I used to before. I'm not happy. I don't enjoy life like I used to before. There's a frustration in your spirit, and you can't figure it out. You walk into the same house, sit in your same chair, to do the same things, to go back to bed and have the same thoughts go in your head all over again, feeling like today, tonight, might not be a very good night to sleep because I'm so frustrated. I'm tired. Something is missing. Something is not right. I'm not going to blame it on the devil. Because when I was a sound man, they used to blame it on the devil. And that ain't right. 
frustrated. The routine, the grind, whatever you want to call it. But let there be a winner that stands up. Let, let, let there be somebody that says, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. This is not the way it's supposed to go. But let there be somebody that says, you know what? I, I'm, I'm tired of feeling the way that I'm feeling. Something needs to change. I'm tired of feeling the frustration. I'm tired of feeling the agony. I'm, I'm tired of being stressed out all the time. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm tired of not making it, not reaching it, not living it, not, not giving it. And I, I'm tired of not doing what I used to do before. I'm sick and tired of not doing what I'm called to do. I'm sick and tired of letting the enemy lie to me, rob me, tell me that my future is over, telling me that my family's defeated, telling me that my marriage will be over. I'm sick and tired. Let there be a winner up in this place today. You see, this is a real big issue for men because men, we're fighters. That's just the way we are. We're created as fighters. We're created to fight for something. We're created, we're created with a natural tendency in our spirit to get up every single morning and to have an urgency in our spirit and to live with passion and to have inspiration and to have something to give to somebody and to have somebody, have somebody to bless with. But the fact of the matter is that men have been discouraged and depressed and defeated for too long. You think that the failure from yesterday has separated you from the promises of God. You think that the problem that you're dealing with right now is too big enough for you to handle. You think that God has left you. You think that God is not with you. You think that God cannot speak to you anymore because of what you've heard or what you've condoned in your life. But I'm telling you, God is with you. God has created you to be a winner and that's it. God has created you to win. And some of you look at me, you say, but you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what my family's gone through. You know, my dad wasn't home when I was growing up. Or my mom wasn't home when I was growing up. You don't understand the bills that I have. You don't understand the pressure that I have. You don't understand the failure after failure after failure after failure. You want to know something? I don't think that you are feeling the frustration because God has left you. I don't think that you're feeling the frustration and the anger because God has departed from you. I don't think that you're feeling the agony and the stress and and the feeling of feeling like you're just going around in circles and you're not making any progress. I don't think you're feeling that because God has left you. I think that you're feeling that because God is calling you. I think that you're feeling that because something inside, inside of you is alive and it's bigger than you can ever imagine. And you may not see it in the mirror every morning. You may not feel it when you wake up and you may not feel it when you're on the job. You may not feel it in the tasks that you feel are repetitive day in and day out. But I guarantee you this, the tension that you feel is destiny calling you. The tension that you feel is purpose calling you. The tension that you feel that there is something greater for you to live than where you're at right now is very alive. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a yellow brick road. It's something that is called potential. It is something that is called purpose. It is something that is called vision. It is something something that is called destiny and God has created each and every single one of you to be a winner first Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 there's a passage by Paul and check this out it says I don't know if we can read it by the way there's a little boy in the background with a cape 
apologize. I messed up on the slide. I'm not as good as my brother. And he's going to say, yeah, I never mess up. He was the one that never would like to get shot in ghetto laser tag. I got you. No, you didn't. I got you. No, you didn't. This dude will not die. I'm telling you. He would just, he just will not die. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know? Because somebody needs to know today. That's why the word is being spoken today with the passion and the urgency and the scripture that's being used because somebody needs to know. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way, say such a way, that you may win. In such a way you may win. What, what, what does this mean? Paul, he exampled life to a race. And how many of you know that race, that a race, it's, you know, a lot of times we think it's about who's the fastest, who gets there first. And it's not about who's the fastest. It's really about who can last. It's about endurance. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not who can get there the quickest. It's, it's about who can last, who can finish and Paul says this, run in such a way that you would win. That you would win. What does that mean? Dream in such a way that you would win. Have faith in such a way that you would win. Do marriage, do life, raise your children in such a way that you would win. Let's come together as a church and be the church and do life as a, as a, as a family and, and do church as a family. So what? So that we can all win. Run in such a way that you may win. Give in such a way that you may win. Love in such a way that you may win. Live this way. That you might win. Really quickly here. Seven thoughts on winning. Let me give you seven thoughts on winners. Number one, winners face quitting daily, but they refuse to give in. How many have ever felt like quitting? Quitting. I know my wife want to quit, quit on me all the time. But my cooking just keeps her there. Come on, somebody. She, she loves those enchiladas. I call them enchiladas. <laughs> Winners face quitting daily but refuse to give in. Winners feed their faith but starve their fear. And we we got we to gotta switch it around. Sometimes when you start thinking about fear, more than you think about faith, guess who you're feeding? You're, you're feeding the fear. Amen? Number three, winners manage chaos and conflict. We're all going to go through chaos and conflict. Right? Right? The car accidents are going to happen. The, uh, you know, somebody's going to mess up. We're going to mess up. The kids are going to mess up. That's life. That's pressure. That's, that's what it is. Amen? But winners manage chaos and conflict. Winners have the ability to just find a way when it seems like there is no way. Number, number uh, what am I? What number five? Four, winners focus on order, not balance. See, we got it all mixed up. We think, oh, I'm just trying to find some balance in my life. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to find some equal and level playing field in my marriage or equal level playing field in my career or, or maybe in ministry. But it's not about balance. It's about order. If you look at the sun and the moon, the sun 
is further away in miles or light years than the moon, right? Otherwise, we'd burn. What does that tell you? It's not about equal distance. It's not about balance. It's about order. And there's a divine order in the stars. There's a divine order in the scriptures. There's a divine order through the word. It's not about balance. It's about order. Winners lead from a decision to grow. Let me tell you something. If you're not reading a book, if you're not listening to a podcast, if you're not feeding yourself spiritually every single week, I'm not just talking about coming to church. Let me tell you something. People are not going to make it if you're not feeding yourself. The the times that we're facing right now, the things that are happening, the attack on Christianity, the attack on the church, what we see happening in the world today, just like you heard the video say, it's very real. The attack is on your mind. It's to defeat you. It's to to discourage you. It's to, to feel like you can't make it, like you can't win. You cannot survive just coming to church every Sunday. You just, you won't. You won't. Don't count on it. Winners lead from a decision to grow. you got to grow. you got to lead others to grow. Winners live for something bigger than themselves. Every single day, they're waking up with something bigger than themselves. It's not about you, your problem, or what you, have to, what you owe somebody, or the problems you're having with your iPhone. I should say Android. I love iPhones. Winners reproduce change. That brings renewal. When... God gave his best for you and I. He did not give his best for you to live mundane. He didn't give his best for us to have small thinking. He didn't give his best for us to be shackled in our minds with discouragement and depression and low thinking and defeated mindsets. He didn't give his best so that we could live life feeling like we'll never make it and our life never counts or we can't have purpose. He didn't give my he didn't give his best like this so that I could live like this. He gave his best because he saw something in you and I. He gave his best so that you could win. The cross it gives you and I the ability to live life as a winner. And God gave man def- dominion, not defeat. God did not give his best for me to live with small thinking. Let me tell you something. When it comes to the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, survival is not an option. When, peop- when the children of Israel were roaming through the wilderness... They complained and they murmured and they looked back and they looked back and they looked back and they went around in circles and they went around in circles and they went around in circles for 40 years until finally a generation was able to have the capacity to decide to live in promise and not in problem. The problem that we see today is that many people, even in the church, they're living in the wilderness instead of thriving in the kingdom. When it comes to the kingdom, survival is not an option. 
In the wilderness, you can look back and you can talk about how good you had it before. In the wilderness, you can feel sorry for yourself or you can blame somebody else. In the wilderness, you can make excuses about why you're not in the race anymore. In the wilderness, you can waste time. You can circle the same thing over and over again, feeling frustrated, living mundane thinking. In the wilderness, the wilderness is a place of survival. It's not a place to thrive. It was just a place to pass through, but it wasn't a place to stay. The wilderness is not where you're supposed to be. Look at somebody and say, I'm not staying in the wilderness anymore. Say it like you mean it. I'm running toward the kingdom. I can't stay here anymore. Tell somebody, I can't stay here anymore. Look, think, picture yourself talking to your problem. So don't look at anybody and just say, I can't stay here anymore. You, some of you need to put that on your Facebook status. Some of you need to put that on your notes. Some of you need to text it to yourself every single day. I can't stay here anymore. I, I've got something calling me. Something is beckoning me. Something is reaching out and it's pulling me. Something is reaching out and it's telling me I can't stay here anymore. Depression, I can't stay here anymore excuses I can't stay here anymore discouragement I can't stay here anymore small thinking I can't stay here anymore broken dreams I can't stay here anymore failure I can't stay here anymore hurts whatever it is that you're facing I can't stay here anymore I've got a kingdom that I've got to run to Paul talked about a race Philippians chapter 3 It's verse 13 that he begins to talk about a race and what he's doing about the race. You know that every race has a goal. Every football game has a goal. Every baseball game has a goal. Every sporting event that we see has a goal. Every argument with your wife has a goal. Now I'm just playing with you on that one. Every race has a finish line. The finish line represents the goal. What is a goal? A goal is a preferred future. It's a dream, a desire, an achievement. It's a future, a hope, a motivation for an experience yet to be lived out. Plain and simple, vision, uh, a goal is vision. And here's the thing about vision. Vision is only powerful in the present. What you tried to accomplish yesterday or what you've seen happen yesterday or what you wanted to do yesterday that didn't happen doesn't count right now. Vision is only powerful in the now. I wish I could have done this. I wanted to, but this happened. I want to go back. I wanted to do this, but I hope for this. These are all statements of the past. There's no vision in these statements. It's not enough to have a vision. You have to be able to put your name on it. Some of you, when you leave this place today, or maybe when you're even at the altar, and I don't have much time left because my voice is going, some of you need to write down what it is that you know that God is talking to you about right now. 
Some of you need to write down the vision for your life. What does your life look like five years from now? What does your home look like two years from now? What do your finances look like? What do your children look like? What's your career look like? What's your hopes and dreams look like? What is it that God is trying to do in your life? Don't stay where you are. Write down a vision. Put your name on it. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. It says that the vision... For the runner, for the person that holds on to it, for the ver- person that runs with it, that the, the, the vision will not hold back. It will happen. The problem with most individuals, they have more history than they have vision. Living in the past is like you driving a car going forward, but you're looking through the rearview mirror. Run in such a way that you would win. You can't run like this. But yeah, it it looks silly, right? Yet spiritually, we do that all the time. Listen, some of you are living with some hurt. Some of you are living with some things that happened 10, 15 years ago. Come on, somebody, we got it. You're bigger than that. You're more than that. You've got so much future than that. The problem is many individuals, individuals have more history than they have vision. Paul said, I run. I run. Paul said, I run. Paul said, I'm running. There's a goal in line. I'm not going to run through it, but (laughs) I'm going to break this. Paul said, I run to one day. I don't know how to do that very well. I run. He says, as he runs in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, that I run and I forget about what's behind me. Let's just say that this is your life. In fact, let's just say this this represents... This white line represents eternity. On this side, it goes as far out as this building. It goes as far out as the ocean that you can see out to the west. Over here, it goes as far east, past the mountains, past Tahoe and and past Nevada. And as far east as you could see it, this, it goes on forever. And in this thing called time, here is the moment that you And your little baby face was born. Pooping and diapers and everything like that. This is when he called you out of eternity into time. And in this span of time, you have this thing called a lifetime. The beginning. And you have the end. Oh, man, this is the time when 
Dad left the house and never came back. This is that moment where I really needed him, but it wasn't there. This is the molestation that took place. It's the heartbreak. This is that time that you wanted to commit suicide. This is a time where you gave over your virginity to somebody you don't even know who they are. You get married, and there's a divorce. There's another relationship, and it ends just as bad as the first one. It's the time where you lost that job, lost that house, lost that, that dream, lost that vision, lost that purpose. And, and here we are right here, and we have all this history. But Paul says, I have forgotten everything that happened in the past. Because I've got a goal in mind. I've got something that I have to live for. I've got more future to live than to live with a history, with a past. He says, I press on towards the goal. I, I forget about the past. I forget. Somebody say, forget the past. Forget your past. We can't make decisions on the past anymore. Too many people get into relationship, make business deals, make decisions, switch jobs, trying to find happiness, trying to find something to make up for what has happened in the past. I think it's this high time that we start making decisions based on our future, based on promise, based on hope and glory, based on the future that God has for you. You see, somebody who is losing in life will always make decisions based on here. Somebody who is a marriage that is, in, that is fighting in turmoil is always because of something that has happened here, that is unresolved here. A place, a person that is feeling like they want to commit suicide, it's always because of here. Somebody that is feeling like, you know what, I just don't know how I could dream again. I don't know how I achieve again. I don't see myself doing anything here. It's because you're living here. Don't live in the past. Make a decision to live for your future. Paul, Paul said, I forget about the past and I proceed after something called the call. Look at yourself with your phone, Miss Plain. Say to yourself, I'm called. Now say it, I'm called. I'm called. Some of you can't say that. I look at your faces. Some of you look at me like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're called. He didn't make a mistake when he called you. Your failures, your decisions that you've made in the past over here, he still calls you. What... what what somebody said about you or what even you look in the mirror and say about yourself, he still called you. Where you blew it or where you stopped believing or where you stopped running in life, he still called you. What you're not doing, what you once did, he still called you. The call of God is irreplaceable. You can't replace it with anything else. We try, but it won't work. 
we go through life and, and we wonder what it is that's happening in our lives. What is, what is it that, that is wrong? Is there something wrong with me? And God is saying, no, I'm just calling you. I'm just calling you. I'm calling you to something bigger. I'm calling you to something greater. I'm calling you to something that is so powerful that you won't even imagine what I could do with your life. And some are saying, you know what, yeah, but I've served time, or I've, I've sold drugs, or I've hurt people, and, and I've messed with people's head, and people's head, people's meth with my head, and, and you know, God, I don't feel you, I don't know what's going on. Listen, the call of God is not based on anything that is happening around you. It is supernatural. It is a supernatural call of God, and it never makes a mistake. It never, it never is re- replaced. It is irrevocable. The call of God is real and it is active in your life and it is taking place even now that is why some of you are even moved to tears right now because you agree with this your spirit is telling you he's calling you you felt it you felt frustrated you felt disappointed you feel like you can't move forward but I'm calling you the tension that you feel is not God saying I'm leaving you the tension that you feel is not God departing from you the tension that you feel in life the frustration that you feel in life, the stress that you feel in life, the feelings of of feeling all alone and feeling like you don't have the answers, those feelings are not God's absence in your life. Rather, it's His presence. His presence calling you. He's literally, he's literally pulling you and saying, come on, I have something for you. And you're making up excuses. And you're saying, God, I don't know. I can't do this. And he said, go, come on. And the Holy Spirit is working in your heart saying, come on. And you know what? We can't make, we can't live life like that. You can't thrive like that. You, you are surviving in the wilderness when you're destined to thrive in the kingdom. You're called. Paul said, I press on. I press on. Some have hands on life like this. Others barely holding on. It doesn't matter what your grip looks like. All that matters is that you don't let go. It's not about how much life you have left. It's about what you do with what you have left. There's some that have so much more life to live than others, but if you never do anything with it, young person, if all you do is make poor decisions and bad excuses, or make uh, excuses, if all you do is, is think small, I'm trying to tell you to think big. Because I was that teenager didn't think that anything great could happen through my life. Didn't think that anything good can happen. I didn't see myself finishing school or doing anything special. Or I was just going through life, but I had a praying mom. I had a mom that just loved God. I had a mom that showed me what it means to forget about the past and just go after what's, what's ahead of you. Paul said... It's calling me. So I can't stay here anymore. I have to go. Some of you have to write that every single day. I have to go.
going somewhere. He's calling you. He's calling you. He loves you. Never look down on you, not one day of your life. The scary thing about the wilderness, as we see in Scripture, is that it's possible to die in the wilderness. People die all the time with heartbreaks, with dreams that never took place, hopes, goals, things that were alive at one point in their lives. They die with them never, ever being seen. When you and I get here, this is eternity. There is life after here on earth. It's not going to matter what kind of car you drove here. It's not going to matter what your bank account looked here. It's not, it's not going to matter what kind of job you had, what kind of title you had, what kind of ministry you had. It's not going to matter over here doesn't matter. You know what matters here? Did they live their purpose? Did they follow the call? You know what matters here? Did I live with something bigger than myself and see it all the way? Did I see, did I have that vision and did I see it come to pass? And, and if I didn't, did I impart it into my children? Did I, did I leave a good life with my wife and, and with my children? What did I leave behind? Legacy matters here. Purpose matters here. Call matters here. Destiny matters here. None of the other things matter. Some of us are trying to find Eternity right now in the things that are temporal. Can't do it. Won't work. Bow your heads with me this morning. And I want to give the opportunity to somebody today. to get on the step to winning. I want to give a marriage the opportunity today to get in the step with winning. I want to pray with somebody today about your future, about what life looks like in the next two years or five years from now. I want to give somebody the opportunity to, to write down a vision, to write down what it is that God is dealing with you this very moment, because I know he's dealing with you. I want, I want you to just clear the excuses right now. Would you just do that? Would you clear the excuse? Would you clear the offense? Would you clear the bitterness? Would you clear the frustration just for a moment? Would you just clear those things out of your mind? And would you just focus right now on the words that you just heard? I press on toward the goal. I leave behind everything that is behind. Really quickly here, you want to leave everything that has hurt you, everything that has discouraged you, everything that has robbed you of your vision, every, every lie that the enemy has said,
everything that, the, that life has told you, and you want to run with intensity again. You want to run with passion. You want to run with joy, with peace in your heart. You want to run motivated, encouraged. I'm not saying that life will be perfect, but it will be peaceful. I'm not saying that it's sunshine and rainbows, but it is power and glory. I want to give you that opportunity today. You just want to run again. And this is not saying that you're a loser. This is not saying that you can't make it. It's quite the contrary. What you feel you're missing out on is just the greater you that God is calling you to be. If that's you this morning, I want you just to come. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.